This is Thanksgiving week in America, and we are thankful that we can see, still see entertainment and talk about it. How are you, Carl? I'm well, Lynn, and there is only one Thanksgiving movie worth its damn, and it is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes, my favorite. Filmed here in St. Louis. Yeah. Does not make does not make our city look very good. And Edie McCord no. played a wonderful, wonderful airline attendant at Lambert Airport. And we have a guest today. Yes, we do. We, I'm going to introduce him. He is known throughout the nation as a travel writer, and he's right here in St. Louis, Bill Cleveland. We'll talk to our guest, Bill Cleveland, in just a second. Around minute 27, we'll talk about the Tennessee Williams Festival. And then around minute 29, we'll talk about the last weekend of Sliff. Around minute 33, The Sound of Metal. Around minute 41, The Last Vermeer. Around minute 44, Light Years. Around minute 50, The Nest. Around minute 51, DVDs you can skip, Unhinged and the New Mutants. Around minute 55, what's going on in local theater? And I feel like I should be playing the Tonight Show theme just for him to do some (laughs) stand-up. Thank you so much for coming to join us today. I wanted to have you on because I have read your new book, Finding the American Dream, Mm -hmm. a guided tour of places where Americans changed history. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating and it's perfect for Christmas gifts. Yes. And it's only $22.50. $22.50. And it's it's chock full of information and it's so e- it's an e- you know easy read. I'm not saying it's dumbed down because it's fascinating. <laughs> no, no, it's but... dumbed down. I wrote it. It's dumbed down, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> but what I like about it is you have these essays and they're just very delightful to read it's an easy breezy style it's not academic we're not doing the academic tour of america we're not that there would be anything wrong with that no but we're doing the real people tour and what i have always been fascinated with about cultural icons is how many of them come from humble beginnings Mm -hmm. and you show all these people's family homes yeah, I mean, they're not all homes, but they're, you're right. They're all where the, the places where they started their journey, I guess you could say. And I picked, so I started uh, in 2013 as a travel writer, just decided, what the heck, let's do this. And uh, started traveling all over the United States by car. Uh, started a website, BillOnTheRoad.com. And uh, what I started to find was, you know, I'd go to these these places. So I'd go to, you know, the little two-room home where Elvis Presley lived or the you know, the place out in, um, you know, Dice, Arkansas, the little um, place where Johnny Cash grew up as a kid at right <laughs> Great Depression, or you go to the schoolhouse where Tina Turner learned to sing, this little one-room schoolhouse out in the middle of Tennessee. You go to all these places, and then you stand there, and you realize, oh my gosh, these people became superstars, or, um, you know, it took their idea, or their invention, or whatever it was, and, and made it into this, you know, this huge thing, and they did essentially find the American dream, and so I decided to go back to, no, I didn't actually visit every single one of the places that I featured in the book, but I've been to most of them, and um, and I just have always been fascinated by standing in these places and being in these places where these folks started their journey. And so the cool thing is, you're right, it, the, the, the biographies are easy to digest. I took, you know, most of these people, they just have, you know, incredibly long storied, just wonderful um, histories, but I had to condense them down to two or four pages. So I kind of took the best of the best, uh, put it in there. And then the cool twist is as a travel writer, I wanted people to be able to 
here's a shock, travel uh, to these places and uh, where they started their journey or in some cases, you know, ended their journey. Um, and so, yeah, it, it turned out great. I'm really happy with this is my fourth travel book. Um, and to date, it's it's my favorite one that I've done. Now, have you have you spoken to any of the people that you talked about? Because some of them are still alive, like Dolly Parton. And I, I know you'd have to go to France and talk to Tina Turner, but some of these uh, people are still uh have yeah, you heard some, from them? Yeah, some are still alive. Uh, so the book just came out in October, so it really hasn't circulated, I don't think, quite enough to get any uh, personal feedback. I did get to meet Dolly Parton last uh, May. I was in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and it just oh, wow. happened that she was at Dollywood, and I was there with a travel writers organization, and they had, they had a surprise for us. I did not know it, but we went into this um, little auditorium. There were maybe 30 of us, and um, we're just kind of sitting there. We just assumed that there was going to be, you know, like a, a vice president of the operations or some Thank PR you all person. For yeah, yeah, they were going to come out and just chat with it. And all of a sudden, we hear this. Well, hi, y'all. How you? And it was looking. I'm like, oh my, it's it's Dolly Parton. Well, she, she probably out. had to look down, so she's so uh, tiny. Well, she was up on a stage, so she was looking down. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but she just she couldn't have been nicer. And you know, people always say that about her. And you think, okay, you know, whatever. But she 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 was just so pleasant and so wonderful. And so, but I didn't. I actually didn't know that the book was going to be finished in time, so I didn't talk to her about that, but yeah. Good. Well, speaking of Dolly, uh, she has a new movie coming out on Netflix starring Christine Baranski, and my wife watched it, and she said, oh, it's a, it's a Wonderful Life where Dolly Parton is Clarence. So we'll talk about that when it comes. I think it comes out in December. Mm -hmm. So I think I will see it by then. But my wife said, oh, yeah, Dolly's Clarence. And I said, I, I'd be okay with that. And Christine Baranski... We like her. So, mm -hmm. Bill, have you seen you? You were telling us before we started that you're you've not uh, really done much in ways of uh, seeing any media. What have you seen in the last let's say <laughs> seven months? Because what we have asked, I seen? Um, well, I mean, just so people know, I I do own a television. You know, I got a TV, and I I, I am used pretty, to go to movies. I am capable of turning on Netflix. I just I just I just you guys I know are great. You consume all the stuff, and you can you know pick out the little trivia tidbits and remember all the lines. And I I don't you know if I see a movie today, if I see it in three months, it'll be like brand new to me again. Like, oh, I, don't, I, I don't I don't remember any of that. Stuff. Like a goldfish. I, yeah, you did you you mentioned uh, I think it was before the show it began was. Um, uh, trains planes and automobiles and, and as right. been giving film and, and I, to me that is it's one of my probably top 10 favorite movies period um but you're right it's it's to me is the perfect uh holiday movie um so i have watched that um but lately i you know i've watched um walking dead uh i, I like the walking dead i've been all, are you Georgia. watching all three of them uh, no, no, I just just the original one. Okay. Um, and I've been to Sonoya, Georgia, where they film and that's pretty interesting you go and um, they have the I don't know if you know this, but they have, you know, the subdivision where they film where it's Alexandria. Uh, it's literally a subdivision where people live and, and they have <laughs> the gigantic uh, metal walls up all around the subdivision. It's, it's really big. And, um, and so that's pretty interesting. And then when you turn around, so you know you put your back towards the, uh, the the giant wall you look and then there's another part I can't remember the name of the city but it was one of the cities that were featured one of the neighborhoods or communities that were featured in the um, in, in the Walking Dead and it, it's a real town it's it's Sonoya's downtown Main Street and that's you know that's where they film so that's a cool place to travel to if you like if you like that show what's the other one I've seen what's the one in the Oz oh, Ozark yeah I've seen Ozark that. yeah <laughs> I told you I told you my 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 knowledge is pretty limited when it comes to movies and television. 
Well, well I, I have friends. Oh, go ahead, Lynn. No, I was going to say, where did you grow up in? Uh, did you grow up in St. Louis? Yeah, so I uh, grew up in uh, Shrewsbury. So uh, it was the Afton School District. And then uh, eighth grade, I think, I ended up moving to California. So I lived in Southern California for five years or so. Um, high school. There with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I did, it didn't take me five years to get through high school. But uh, yeah, you're right, the four, four years of high school and then some. Uh, so I lived out in California for a while, which uh, honestly turned out to be, I, I would never go back. I don't, there's nothing really I missed about California to go back. Um, but it was the greatest move I've ever made in my entire life. Because when you go out to California, you, you have transplants from all over the country. And, you know, I always would joke um, with the people that you could walk down the street with a trash can on your head and nobody cares. Like, it's just like nobody cares. Like, you know, so there aren't very many clicks. Um, everybody's just kind of accepting uh, of folks, uh, which that was, that was really cool. So I was kind of able to reinvent my own personality. And then I ended up moving back here. Um, I think I was about 19 and um and kind of started started anew here and so it was great yeah um and but yeah st louis is, is where i have lived most of my life and you were on ktrs for 17 years i was with frank opinion on ktrs for a long time um, while working at kzk <laughs> that's right boy you do know your you know your bill cleveland trivia yeah i yeah, uh, I, I, I worked at one time i was working you know as a kid you grow up you know you're like i want to do this i want to do this I want to, and then it finally kind of hit me it's about like, i think it was about 20 I was working at uh, KMOV Channel 4. I ran the teleprompter for Larry Connors and Julius Hunter. That was my first paid gig. And at the same time, I got a gig at KEZK Radio. So I worked there from like seven to midnight. And I was doing the Frank Opinion Show while I was at KEZK. I think I was the only person in St. Louis at the time allowed to be on two different radios. Now nobody really cares. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, so I was at three places at one time and kind of burnt, uh, burnt, burnt up. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, and then you did you I saw I actually saw the pilot for your talk show. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't there, but yeah, I so, saw it. So that would have been, oh my gosh, 2000, 2001, maybe. It's been a long time. And yeah, we filmed it. That's what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to be a talk show host. Um, you know, sort of Johnny Carson was you know, those guys were, you know, always my heroes. Um, and it didn't work out, and, and that's fine. And you know, and but it, it, it looks like you were having fun. I did have fun. Oh, I had a blast. Oh, it was absolutely. I did it all so over again. much work. It was a lot of work, and I did most of it myself. I had a couple of friends that would help, and we would do cameras, and uh, we had an audience. You know, people would come out and watch us. We had a band. I mean, it was it was legit. I mean, we we did a lot of work. Um, but you know, to tie it back to my book, it, it's sort of one of these things. It, I tried it. I failed. Um, but I tried <laughs> it. You know, and and, and the failures that yeah, I have I had like professionally that. led me to what I'm doing now, and I couldn't be happier. And, and so. You know, a lot of the people that I profiled in my book, it's that, you know, they like Milton Hershey was one of the folks that I wrote about, you know, here's a guy that, you know, tried and tried and tried and tried and just, you know, nothing worked for him and eventually stumbled on the idea of, you know, doing the, you know, I should say the way he packaged, um, you know, the Hershey's, Hershey's chocolate and chocolate. Hello, you know, he's everywhere now and all known all over the world. So, um, you know, taking some risks and, and trying some things um, is kind of part of the equation to, to achieve your dream. I like that you uh, uh, went around the United States. I love road trips. And uh, when I go through cities, when the kids were little, we would go through and every city has a sign like, who's the famous person from that town? Oh, yeah. You know? And so we were coming Still waiting back. waiting for my sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were coming back from Cleveland uh, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
and we passed a town through Ohio and it said Neil Armstrong lived here. And so I said that to the boys, they were, I guess, high school age. And they go, you know, mom, a lot of people don't think he landed on the moon. You know? And I was just like, what? But we went through Indiana and we stopped at the town where James Dean is buried in and from. And Jim, uh, the, uh, the guy who drew Garfield is from the same town. Jim Davis? Jim Davis. Yeah, so yeah. I have that picture of James Dean and Jim Davis being from the same little town in Fairfield, Indiana, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And we went to the cemetery and we saw James Dean's grave. That sounds probably really ghoulish, but yeah, some, a lot of people like a lot of people like going. I, I don't. I'm not a cemetery person, but I'm you know I think I'm probably in the minority. A lot of people like going to cemeteries and studying the history. And no, well, admit, if you, you don't know, like it, then that should be the series of your next book. Things I don't like. A hundred things. A hundred things not to do in America. Well, no, you no, yeah. that, that would be uh, expanding your uh, your comfort zone. Oh well, yeah. well, it it's like uh, where um um his grave is. It had been stolen or something. It was really weird. It had just gotten back, but all these people had left flowers and notes and tributes. And how long he's been dead for sixty? Well, this was like ten years ago. But you know, he's been and people are still he's leaving dead. flowers yeah. on his grave. Well, so, if you go to um, Louisville, Kentucky and you want to see the grave of uh, Colonel Sanders, Harlan Sanders, mm -hmm. um, it, it, people will occasionally still leave buckets of chicken at his grave site. And they have it all lined out when you go to, it's the, uh, I think it's called the Oak Hill Cemetery. I think I have that right. Uh, and they've got a line, a yellow line that's painted from the front of the cemetery, you know, when you pull in all the way to his grave so people can find it. And, and you know, Six out of ten times you'll you'll go by and there'll be someone has left you know a bucket of chicken in honor of uh, their most famous uh, <laughs> local folks. Nice. What are, what are uh, because you have this theme, the American dream? What was the most surprising uh, thing that, or some of the most surprising things that you found out about people on your journey? Um, well, I you know the obstacles that many of them overcame, I, I really didn't know a whole heck of a lot, a lot about, um, you know, one was uh, Mr. Rogers that I featured, which I didn't really have a whole heck of a lot of, I was going to sound bad. So I didn't have respect for Mr. Rogers. I, I didn't really know more than the fact that he had that television show that, you know, many of us watched when we were growing up and the, the, the documentary came out. Um, was it a year, it's been a year, two years? Now? No, it was time. three years ago. It's been three. Time. Oh my gosh. Time it, means nothing. Gosh. Uh, and so when I watched that, then it was like, oh my gosh, this guy is amazing. You know, I started doing, so I went to his hometown. I went to Latrobe, Pennsylvania and went to where he grew up, um, learned more about him. There's a college there locally where they have all of his archives and they have all of the, you know, the puppets and things that he created. But learning more about Mr. Rogers, he was, you know, he was overweight when he was younger. He was bullied quite a bit. The guy didn't have any friends, apparently, um, you know, basically stayed to himself um, and created his puppets, I guess, as a way of, you know, those were his, his friends essentially when he was a kid. And uh, so to look through, you know, a guy like that and, and see what he accomplished and, you know, obviously changed the lives of millions of, of folks around the world, certainly in the United States, um, you know, those sorts of things were, were pretty awesome to learn about. You mentioned Neil Armstrong. I, I didn't know what an amazing, you know, you just think, oh, here's the guy that's an astronaut and he's on the moon, whatever. But man, when you look into his story, 
you know, here's a guy, he had his pilot's license before he could even drive, you know, that's pretty wild, you know, and he was obviously a very accomplished uh, pilot and, uh, and in the military and everything. So, uh, yeah, there were a lot of things that I learned that, um, you know, Louis Armstrong, we have a picture of him on the cover of the, you know, the book, um, you know, he grew up in a neighborhood that was so poor and dangerous, they called it the battlefield. Um, and so, you know, when I think of people who maybe are growing up now that, you know, are in poverty, um, or people who think, well, I can't really achieve my dream because I don't have a lot of money. Um, you know, I look to guys like that and go, wow, well, here's a guy who, you know, grew up with bullets flying past his house probably at all hours of the day and ended up being, um, you know, a pretty remarkable uh, person and certainly achieved a whole heck of a lot. He, you know, he's a guy that inspired, um, you know, Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, when you think of those names and you think here's the guy that inspired them and he came from this, you know, crazy background. So anybody can do it uh, if you're willing to put in the work um, and, and take the risks, so. And you and did. Yeah, and there's Missouri people in here too, which is good. I've always heard that the Laura Ingalls Wilder thing is really interesting. A friend of mine went and she said, we loved it so much. We spent the night and came back. Yeah, wow. I, so I've not been to the Missouri site. I've been to a couple of the others. Uh, there's one in Decorah. Well, it's just north of Decorah, Iowa. Um, there's another one in, I think it's South Dakota. Um, there are several, you know, um, places where she had stopped. And so, but I've not been to the one in Missouri. But you're right. Yeah, a lot of people. And then, and I I was told I read the books when I was a kid, but I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember any of the books. Yeah, well, yeah. There, there were eight of them, and then there, then they made more. And then... I, I have I have all eight as a set, and then there's then they kept making more after like we grew up, Bill, because yeah. you and I are about the same age. After we grew up, they started making more of them because they're like, hey, we can make more money. Yeah, well, and I and I think she wrote the um, she wrote the books because they didn't they didn't have any money, and that was a way for them to. And I guess the the mom she didn't want to tell the stories, but the daughter did and wrote them down. And it, right. it is a, it's a pretty interesting. Uh, pretty interesting thing and but yeah and I I'm sort of embarrassed that I haven't been to the site in Missouri but you're right there are a lot of famous people um, from from our state and you know I always on the travel side I always tell people to take the um, it's called they call it the highway of the American genius and it starts in I guess it's 36 if I'm not I think it's Highway 36. Starts in St. Joseph or Hannibal, Missouri, and you can travel up. It'll take you a, a couple of days if you stop, you know, along the way, and maybe stop in Hamilton, Missouri, as a for overnight. But just along this stretch of highway, you will see um, the childhood town of, of course, Mark Twain, um, mm -hmm. Disney, and Marceline, Missouri. Um, Hamilton has got that's uh, where J.C. Penney got his start. Um, it's also home of uh, one of the folks that I feature in the book. Uh, Jenny Doan, she started this um, basically as a quilting mecca, which I don't know anything about quilting, but I've been to the town. It's unbelievable. People from all over the country, maybe even the world flock there. This woman started a YouTube channel, just putting some simple instructions on how to quilt and how to do different things. And she developed a following and ended up turning this tiny little town of Hamilton, which little, I don't think there is a stoplight in Hamilton. It's, it's just this really small town. And um she transformed it. So now there's, you know, these quilt shops all up and down Main Street and you got restaurants opening up. So that's a cool story in Hamilton. Uh, and then I'm trying to think, what are the other, uh, the St. Joseph uh, got um, it's, it's Walter Cronkite. Highway, Highway 36. Highway it's 36, Hamilton, yeah. Hannibal, Laclede, Marceline, where uh, Walt Disney was. Disney, yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chillicott. 
Oh, chill coffee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's how you chill say it. Chill coffee. Chill coffee. Yeah, it's home of sliced bread. That's where sliced bread was started. Yeah. I love what? this. He has the picture of it's the gigantic. first machine. Yeah, I've seen it. It is. It's this gigantic machine. And, you know, the guy, he had this idea and he came up with this invention. And it's sort of funny. There's There are several people that I profiled where everybody said, oh, this is stupid. That's never going to work. And then this was a, this was an example. People are like, who, you know, why would anybody want their bread? Why would you want it pre-sliced? Why would you? Well, now, I mean, hello, this doesn't, didn't everybody buy their bread pre-sliced right. now? And so, uh, yeah, but the machine that you mentioned, there's a picture, I think it's on the last page of the book, if I'm not mistaken, it is, it's massive and it's on permanent loan from the, yeah, it is the very last um, picture of the book and it is, it's on loan from the Smithsonian, but it is massive. It is gigantic. Um, but yeah, Chillicothe. And then the last one was um, St. Joseph. So you can see there's a great museum dedicated to Walter Cronkite. Um, and then it's also where the Pony Express um, started in, in St. Yes. Joseph. So yeah, it's a really cool drive. I always encourage people, especially if you're in, already in Missouri, to, to take it. So what, what uh, travel tips do you recommend people um, in the time of uh, pandemic? Stay home. The stay home travel. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's interesting. So 2021 is going to be huge for road trips. Um, and, and this this past summer was very, very big for road trips because um, nobody wanted to get on a plane. I think those fears are starting to go away. At least people that I've talked to have been on planes uh, lately. Uh, it seems more and more people are starting to fly again. But I still think road trips are going to be huge next year. Um, and so most people probably will do trips that are between, you know, three, four, five hours away from home. So in our case, in the St. Louis area, um, I have a thing on my website, billontheroad.com. It's actually, I'm very proud of this. I didn't realize it until just a few months ago, but so I have the number one Google search term for road trips from St. Louis. So if anybody types that into Google, billontheroad.com is the, the one that pops up. And uh, so I've done about 20, yeah, I think it's 20 destinations that people can go to. And I, I, I line it out, you know, the, the time that it'll take you and some things you can see along the way. Um, but, you know, it, we're lucky to be in this area because really in any direction within, you know, even just between four and six hours, you can go to a lot of really great places. I mean, you can go as far south, you can go to you know, Little Rock, Arkansas is a really cool town people don't think about. Obviously, we know Kansas City um, to the west of us. It's got a lot of great stuff. Um, Iowa, there's some, you know, really cool things to see in Iowa besides corn. Um in fact, I just heard yesterday that you can now tour the home from, you'll like this, the home from Field of Dreams. Did you know that? No, I just knew about the field, but yeah, I didn't yeah. know about the home. Yeah, yeah. So the home is there. They filmed, I don't know if they filmed everything inside the house. I think they filmed quite a bit inside the house. Dyersville, Dyersville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, and, and you used to be, I wrote an article about this a couple of years ago. They They were renting out the home like a B and B type of you know Airbnb type, but it was like twenty five hundred dollars a night. So most people weren't doing it, but you got the you got the baseball field too. So I guess if you had you know eight or ten people that love the movie or your family, then it, maybe it would make sense. But not for you know a couple probably. But now you can go in and tour the house, and they've apparently put it back the exact way it was when they filmed you know filmed the movie there. Um, so that might be something for people who are, and that's not a that's an easy drive too. That's not very far. Yeah, we're fortunate. We got all the 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 main highways. We're just right here. We're the hub mm -hmm. of that. Um, one of the uh, I'm moving on to St. Louis now. One of the okay. um, um, in the St. Louis Walk of Fame. Well, before I start talking about that, Finding the American Dream is the book by Bill Cleveland, and it's 
from Reedy Press, 2250. You can get it at Left Bank Books and all local bookstores. And you can get it online, but if you, but supporting local would be really good. <laughs> well, you can support, you can support billontheroad.com too. They have it there and um, yeah. Okay. I, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah good, that's because great. It's, it's like perfect. And then it's not lumber, you know, if you got to take your presents somewhere, it's not laborious. <laughs> And a lot of people, tra a lot of people with the books that I've, so I've written four travel books. Uh, one was a, a children's, a real, you know, maybe like a 50 page kids book, but the others were, you know, I talked to people who travel with RVs and mm -hmm. love them because they can keep them in the, you know, glove compartment. And then when they, and there's, they're, all of them have an index. So if you're going someplace, you can look and go, oh yeah, let's go see this and do that. And the trivia, every, I put, I love trivia. So I have, every chapter has trivia questions. So people, if you're traveling, you know, maybe don't do the trivia by yourself if you're driving, but you know, if you got somebody with you and you want to play some trivia, there's trivia in the book as well. So sorry, you mentioned St. Louis Walk of Fame. Yeah, no, but I'm going to ask Carl a trivia because he is Mr. Music. And I what? know you do, you do trivia nights. Well, no, Chuck Carl, Berry. in the classic Almond Brothers song, Ramblin' Man, which highway does it mention in the lyrics? Driving down on Highway 61. 41? It's 41. Okay. Highway 41. I give it to you. It's a, it's a old, it's, you know, it's a, it's a my era song. So it's. Even though I get 19... confused about that one and I wrote it. You go, you, <laughs> have you been to the, the big house? That's where the Almond Brothers lived um, in Macon, Georgia. You can go and you can, I don't think we, did I, are they in the book? I guess they are in the book. If you read that trivia yeah, question. Yeah, they are in the book. It's called the big house museum yeah. and mm -hmm. it's a big house. No, it's a really big, and you can, <clears throat> excuse me, what you can do is they, they they have, all their stuff, or a lot of their stuff is still there. You know, you go to a lot of these museums or these homes, and they've been redecorated, and they, this is pretty much like it was when they lived there, and, and and what's really neat is they let you go into all of the bedrooms, and, you know, a lot of these places they have, which, and I understand why, they've got, you know, it plexiglassed off. Right. And, not the big house, man. You you go right into all the rooms and see where they lived. Well, yeah, up until five years great. ago, Dwayne, or, uh, Greg was probably still living there. <laughs> well, I don't think they've lived there in a while, but um, but yeah, no, it's and it's neat and it's right on the highway there. You see, you know, see their inspiration for that that song anyway that you mentioned. Well, Macon's got a lot of music history and a lot of history. Yeah. Seventy to seventy three is when they lived there, mm -hmm. and then they turned it into the museum in two thousand nine, according to your book. According to the book, <laughs> you can't believe everything you read, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I believe it. So uh, right now, the Tennessee Williams Festival is wrapping up, and I got to give it a plug. Uh, one time I was on the corner uh, by Blueberry Hill. That's where the Tennessee Williams star is on the Walk of Fame and the St. Louis Walk of Fame. So I'm standing there, and this girl looks at the star, and she goes, Tennessee Williams, where did they get these people? And I just was like... <laughs> Oh, what are we teaching the kids in school these days? But anyway, this the St. Louis, this Tennessee Williams Festival, St. Louis is wonderful, and it's been going on since 2014, I would I think, and it's one of my favorite things. And this year they moved it to radio. Right yeah. now, this weekend is it, so you can listen to the Glass Menagerie through tomorrow. You can listen to a new play called Glass, which reimagines Tennessee Williams uh, having a clash with the actress playing Amanda in a production of, 
of Glass Menagerie. It was, it's by a Chicago playwright and it premiered up in Chicago. And then this great short story, it's only 30 minutes. It's You Lied to Me About Centralia and it has local landmarks in it. And it's very good. I've listened to all of them. I highly recommend it. But also if you go to twstl.org or you go to classic1073.com, you can get all the audio for these. They're on SoundCloud. It's also on the radio.com app. And they have a Tennessee Williams guided audio tour of St. Louis. Ooh. So it has the spots where he wrote about or he was influenced, you know, because he went to uh, Sumner High School and he went to Wash U and his family lived in a tiny uh, home in Midtown, Central West End, I think, pretty much. But anyway, you can get all of that about one of our local famous people and enjoy the radio play. What's really awesome about just listening to the words is that these actors and actresses bring it out with such vivid, you know, imagination. You can just picture yourself. Because it's a radio play rather yeah. than just a play. Right. And it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. So anyway, this is your last weekend chance to view it. And this is also the last weekend for the St. Louis International Film Festival. Yes. And I, I actually, people have been asking me about the St. Louis Film Festival because they've been asking me about the Hill movie. And uh, good news, the Hill movie is going to be on, uh, is it on Amazon? Yeah. It's going to stream. Yeah. It's going to be on Amazon because Marla contacted me and said uh, uh, that. So that's, that's wonderful. Zappa, the movie by another St. Louis and Alex Winter, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Bill, from Bill and um, Ted. Bill and Ted. He his movie Zappa is only today and tomorrow availability. And Daniel Dirchholz has a QA with Alex after the movie you can watch. Or you can go to YouTube and just watch the QA. But uh, this is very fascinating. The movie is about Frank Zappa. Yes. Another iconoclast of of music and he was a very prickly sort yes but he did a lot uh, in terms of like uh, uh censorship and uh you know he spoke he, before congress right and he also was one of these guys that pushed the envelope every chance he got so now the family is squabbling no it's not pretty so Daniel and Alex will get into that whole thing. But the movie is actually a very well done biography and it isn't, doesn't sugarcoat anything. That's good. And I believe it's going to be actually out in theaters and streaming uh, next month also. Yeah, it's going to be on Showtime. It's going to be on Showtime November 27th. Oh, well, that's next week. So you can see it first. At SLIF. Yes. And also, SLIF, we're going to have the award ceremony Sunday night, 730, Facebook Live, and it'll be also on YouTube. And a St. Louis Film Critics Association, we are presenting our Joe Awards, which is Joe Williams for documentary and Joe Pollock for narrative feature. And I know what won one of those. 
but I'm not I know, to sell. Now, now I know who won both because I got the script for tomorrow night. <laughs> so, so it's good. So it's good. So anyway, uh, but there's a, there's a lot of really good movies that you can still see. And uh, Carl and I were talking documentaries last week with our guest, Robert Hunt, a fellow S St. Louis film critic. And the sit-in is one he talked about, and that's one of the staff picks. So that's when Harry Belafonte took over the Tonight Show. For a week. For a week. And that's very, very interesting because it perfectly captures the time period and the move. So that's available. And uh, there's just so many films. I'm going to watch, I'm going to do the master class with Bill Wollemann today on screenwriting and uh, you'll be able to see that on their YouTube channel. The St. Louis film, the Cinema St. Louis YouTube channel will pretty much have all the Q and A's, all the tutorials, everything available if you can't get to it. But the movies are just sweet. And yes. But there are movies that are out in film and in theaters right now, Lynn. And you've seen most of them. I have. And my favorite new one is Sound of Metal. Yes, you say this is going to win all the uh, audio awards. Yes, unbelievable next level audio. It is about a heavy metal drummer who goes deaf. Okay. So that turns his world into a free fall. And because obviously his livelihood is affected, his girlfriend is the lead singer in this punk duo with him. And that's affected. So every aspect of his life is just, just thrown mm -hmm. topsy-turvy. So he goes to live in a deaf community. And this is fascinating. This screenplay is so unusual. And it plays with sound. It plays with stillness and silence. And also the sounds of everyday life that we all hear and take for granted. And the director's first time director, Darius Martyr, and he wrote with Derek, and I never know how to pronounce this guy's name, C in France, Place Beyond the Pines, Blue Valentine. So the screenplay is from a story by Derek C in France, who is really a remarkable screenwriter. So anyway, screenwriting is perfect, but the, but the big star is Riz Ahmed, who was who won an Emmy for the HBO series, The Night of, and and he was I, the he was the pilot in Star Wars Rogue One. He's right. the pilot, right? And I first uh, I first paid attention to him in the Jake Gyllenhaal movie Nightcrawler. Uh, he was also in that the return of Matt Damon and Jason Bourne, and he played the villain in Venom. Yeah. So with, yes, he, he is a he's a well-known actor. Right. Well, he's gonna be up, he's gonna, he's gonna get one of the slots in the five for the year-end awards because he's fantastic in this. But the sound quality is just amazing because they play with how what he can hear, what he can't hear, what other people can hear. The sound design is by Nicholas Becker, and he did the movies Arrival and Gravity which makes so much sense. And he's, even though I, uh, 
though gravity has its faults and even though i love that movie the sound and gravity is what makes gravity gravity right so he's he's i mean it's just like no-brainer we don't have that award in um film critics st louis critics yeah and i i don't even know if i have it in a critic's choice and also the women group the alliance well, of women film journalists so i don't even know but anyway i highly recommend it it's going to be on amazon december 4th mm-hmm. it also has a good supporting cast it does feature deaf actors and it has a guy named paul racy i'd never heard of him before he plays the coordinator in this deaf community and in real life he grew up with deaf parents oh. and he does, he does a lot of acting out in la with a theater troupe Deaf West. And uh, he, he's, he's known, he was saying, uh, I attended this Q&A and he was saying he was used to being in a 99 seat black box theater. And now he's doing this, this film, but he has been in TV shows before. And like Bill, I don't watch as much TV because I'm always watching movies and plays. So um, people might recognize him, but he's fabulous in this. And Olivia Cook plays Riz Ahmed's girlfriend, Lou, and she's really good. I think she, she was on Bates Motel. She was uh yeah Norman's oh. girlfriend. Yeah, so good. And she's the girl in uh Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And you know, the the original casting of this was supposed to be Dakota Johnson. I know, which you know how much I like her. And it was gonna be Matthias Shane Arts, one of my favorites, but mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm so glad that it's Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook. But Olivia Cook is one of these actresses who's totally underrated. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. They're both British. So in yeah. the Q&A, they're talking in their native accents. And you're like, what? It's so funny just- to sit here and listen to you talk about, I don't know a damn thing that you guys are talking about. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of these movies. Olivia no Cook was in Ready Player One by Steven Spielberg. Do you know Not that one? Not a clue. Okay. I told you. Are you, a, are, are you a music fan? Uh, well, I, yeah, but I don't. I mean, current music, I could, like, I saw a promo for the American Music Awards pop up the other night. I did. I was watching something in, in the commercial. Came, and, I, and I said, I don't I don't know who one of these people are. I, I, they could they could show up at my front door trying to sell me insurance. I wouldn't have a clue who they are. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I, I like um, I listen to a lot of still to this day, a lot of, you know, the oldies from the 60s and maybe early 70s. Like that's kind of my I, I like a little country music. But back when it was was actual real country music like i'll listen to that stuff but i don't i don't know anything that's new I, i'm i'm a little embarrassed but not that not that embarrassed no <laughs> well i try carl really keeps up i try to keep up to be knowledgeable right. but i'm way behind but um bruce springsteen's new album now i have heard of bruce springsteen yeah now wait a him. minute are you talking you're saying all this current music and then you bring up bruce springsteen well, I'm just saying he's got a new album, but I will say this, and, and you will laugh, Carl. I am um, laughing okay, already. So Cardi B has a new song out that's very controversial, and I keep seeing all these headlines about it, and I keep seeing the initials WAP. So oh, I asked, we have a we have a <sighs> we have a family thread text thread that we do, and I have we're on both coasts. I'm the only one, you know. I'm in the middle, and then 
my my uh, youngest son's in New York. My sister's in South Carolina. My sister's family's in LA. So we have all this group. So my nephews are always up on everything. So I said, and and my son too. I had to text him years ago and ask him what twerking was. Mm. But um, so anyway, I said to my nephews and and Charlie. What is WAP? Oh, I'm sure that was and, a comfortable uh, answer for everyone. Yeah. And my one nephew out in LA just said, it'd be better if you Googled it. <laughs> ha. I, 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 someone told me right. that, uh, actually, I think I was with Frank Opinion on the air and um, they, they had just had heard about it. This is, it was just came out several months ago, right? It's been out for a right. little Right. It's, yeah, it's and, pretty recent. Yeah. And so they say, you are not going to believe this. And I came in the, and they said, you got to just, so I go, while they're on there, I Googled the lyrics and I thought, who the, like, what, what has happened? What has happened to society? Like that's a song now. I just, it's, it's. An, it's oh, you realize that my ding-a-ling was a number one hit. Yeah, but. Yeah, that was when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> I feel like that's a little different, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Anyway, um, faux pas, because you know, there's all these people that there's all these headlines like Jack Black's taking the WAP challenge and the oh, Harry Styles and that. I'm like, well, what is this? Yeah. Not the uh, it's not the ice bucket challenge. Let me moving on. Like did you the challenge? <laughs> did you watch the last veneer? I did. And how was that? Well, it's a slow starter. I'll say that. It's a <laughs> World War II. Ray Hartman is always kidding me on Thursday nights because there's all these World War II movies all the time. And he just can't believe that we keep bringing up World War II movies. And so this is about, this is based on a true life guy, Han Vermeering, and he's played by Guy Pierce very flamboyantly. You know who that is, Bill? No, not Pierce. Nope, an Australian good. actor. L.A. Confidential. Memento. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Sorry. He is different in every <laughs> film he's in. He is. And sometimes he takes the tiniest roles. Like in King's Speech, he was Prince Edward who, who uh, abdicated. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he is really good in this, but very flamboyant. It's very showy and colorful. He plays this art dealer who's an artist who's also an art forger (laughs) might be the most famous art forger in the world so how uh, how is this a world war ii movie uh he is connected to this vermeer Vermeer painting the dutch painter girl with the pearl earring you've all seen one okay so there's this picture christ and the adulteress that Vermeer did. And when it, it's 1945, it's after uh, the world, you know, it's over. And they find this truck full of artifacts and artwork that the Nazis had stolen from the Jews and had tried to say it. So this painting by Vermeer was sold to Hermann Goering. I've and, heard of him. Uh, yeah. And so the allied guys, this is all takes place in Holland. So the allied guys are like, they want to find out who sold the painting to Herman Gearing. So they contact Guy Pierce's character 
and it's got twists and turns and Kent Tenshirt loved it way more than I did. I liked it, but it's a slow build. It's very procedural. I gave it a B. It's, you know, if you like that kind of stuff, if you're a big fan of Guy Pierce. Which we know Bill is not. <laughs> you meant you if you like World War II and you like films, you should go to the World War II Museum in New Orleans. And they have what I think is maybe the coolest film that I've ever seen at a museum. Uh, and it's it was produced, I think, by Tom Hanks. And it's about 45 minutes. And it's a, um, is it 4D or 5D? I can't remember how many Ds it was. But um, How would it be 5D? 4D, I know 4, 4D well, is like if they get you wet or they smell o vision there's I, there's so much stuff going on at one time. I, I thought maybe it was five. Maybe it maybe it is just four. I don't know. Um, and uh, you said it's about 45 minutes and they tell the entire story of World War Two, which seems impossible to do in 45 yeah. minutes, but they do. And and it's they go through all these scenes. And, and like you say, you know, stuff's snows falling from the sky and your your seats shake at the right time. And then there's smells and there's, uh, you know, out of, out of the blue, a tank like comes up out of the middle of this. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is so cool. Um, and so but that's in that's in New Orleans and the, the World War II. That's one of my favorite museums to go to. But if you like film, you, you, you need to see that. Well, there, apparently there's an endless stream of World War II stories that we are not familiar with because earlier this year, I saw Resistance, which is about the mime Marcel Marceau saving kids in the Resistance. Who would have thought? So apparently there's- I never heard that story. Yeah. So there's endless streams of people we never heard of. I, I never heard of this uh, van meering han von meering dude but apparently he was very well known back then and he gave a lot of parties that the nazis came to so. well on a different note i saw light years yes tell us about that carl <laughs> well um it's it's such a weird little little movie it, it's about a group of friends and one of them has passed away. And so every year on the anniversary of that, uh, of his passing, um, one of the friends takes uh, psychedelic mushrooms and relives the first time that they all took mushrooms together back in 1999. Uh, it's directed by Colin Thompson, and Colin Thompson did the movie uh, It's Us several years ago with uh, uh, Eliza Coop from, uh, uh, she was on 24 and she was on uh, uh, Happy, Happy Endings. And so he directed this and he was going to do, he wasn't going to be in it at all. In fact, Nat Faxon and uh, Judy Greer were supposed to play the parents and then the pandemic happened. And so he was trying to get this movie made. And so he did the, he did a fake trailer with him playing all the parts and say, oh, we'll just add the real people in later. And then the people that, the money makers behind the film were like, no, you have to make the movie with you playing all the parts. <laughs> and so in the pandemic world, 
he played all of the parts in the movie. Not all of the parts. Like the guy that's his best friend that passed away, there's a kid playing that there. And then his other, it's bookended by other people playing the main parts. And then he plays every part while they're tripping on mushrooms. And it's, it's, with, it's with animation and it's sweet and it's funny and it's kind of a, it's a, it's a coming of age because they're like 16 years old and they're trying mushrooms for the first time. And so it's, it's a cute little weird movie that was not supposed to happen in this way and it turned out really well. It, it was, it's weird how this movie um, just happened. And it's good that movies like this happen because I don't think, and in, in, once again, in this pandemic, it's weird that this movie even exists. So it's fun. It's cute. It's uh, yeah. there are there is smoking and there is drug use and there is um, a lot of language. I'm like, oh yeah, that uh, this could be a good movie for kids, but then not really like high school kids because I'm sure it's rated R because of you know the whole all the drug use and the smoking. <laughs> smoking makes a movie rated R nowadays. So, yeah, I know. Uh, so it is on video on demand. Mm-hmm. And- it's uh, Colin Thompson and I, he playing at least 12 different parts in this film is very good <laughs> in doing this. And, and of course, playing himself at the beginning. So you think uh, this is going to be a cult classic? Um, I don't, it's, it's weirdly, it's, it's produced by Channing Tatum. So Channing Tatum's <laughs> company, uh, picked this up so it was it was uh it's it's a quirky little weird film and i i'm i hope it gets a little more uh love because there are fewer choices out there yeah so also on video on demand is a film that i really liked and i encourage you to watch uh carl and bill if you like old cool houses yeah i'm all i'm all over it keep talking it's called Mm -hmm. the nest the what? The nest. The nest. It's Jude Law and Carrie Coon, two of the best performances they've given in a long time. And I mean, she's always great, but he, you know, he's he's good. But then there's he's really good, and he's really good in this. And uh, Fat Man with Mel Gibson as Chris Kringle is out on video Tuesday. Yep. I, I, if you want to go back and listen to why I didn't watch that movie, you can listen to our podcast last week. Yes. And I also reviewed it and I don't recommend it, but I'm just telling you. Because <laughs> some Just people- in case, if you're a Mel Gibson fan or a Walt, now who's the best part of that movie? Walton Goggins or Mel Gibson or um, um, Jean Baptiste. She's the best. Walter Go- uh, Walton Goggins who I met last year and is a wonderful person is in his villain mode. And he is a guy that didn't get what he wanted for Christmas. So not a good role for him. Not a good role. I wouldn't put this on his tent. No, this movie is forgettable (laughs) and Mel has fallen from grace. Yet you're talking about it for the second week in a row. I know. So I'm just telling people 
See, for me, every movie is forgettable. So that's good. That's a, it might be a good thing. You see it again, <laughs> you forgot you watched it the first time. Well, uh, other... is out on DVD. So yeah. that's among the same. That's like the same thing. I was going to say two unforgettable DVD releases are uh, Unhinged with Russell Crowe in one of my worst films of the year so far. And Carl, I think you pretty much feel the same way. I don't care for it. And then the new mutants, which I have not seen, but everybody says it's terrible. So, well, it sat on a shelf for two years, and Disney didn't want to release it, and they did. So, which leads us to TV, which is actually doing some really good things lately. Uh, we have one of the childhood favorites, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, is now going to be on PBS Channel Nine Sunday night at. 6.30 and the reason is the networks declined to do Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Charlie Brown Christmas so PBS has picked them up. Well that's because Apple was not going to let them do it and then there was so much backlash that Apple said hey fine we'll let you guys air it once and no one like no we don't want to promote Apple TV but PBS said sure and it actually it's better on PBS because there won't be any commercials it's, you know, because they had to make it an hour long special, even though it's a half hour long, because back when it originated in the early 70s, you didn't have as many minutes for spots. Now, is that right? It's only 30 minutes long that day? Yeah, it's is supposed to be, right? but it, never it's an hour show. It. Yeah, yeah. I never even thought of it. I own the DVD to the Christmas one, so I can watch it any any day I want. But it's just that in 1965, when it first came out, I remember my family all gathering around the TV a snowy December night hmm. to watch that all together because that was so such a big deal. And then it became an annual classic. And it so, still will be. Yes. Oh my God, it still makes my... It still makes me cry. So speaking of making me cry, Rachel Maddow, the number one cable news host in America. Rachel Maddow, Ryan's with Shadow. Uh, and she is on MSNBC. And mm -hmm. right after the election, she wasn't there. And I thought, well, maybe they're giving her time off because she was on all the time for the election. But it turned out she was exposed to COVID. And her partner happened, had it. Was, yeah, her partner Susan has it. So she came on, she was on election uh, when they declared Biden two weeks ago, the president elect, she was on from her house. And then she's been on little, you know, here and there, but she finally came back to do her show on Thursday night. And the first eight minutes of her opening is about how COVID is real and everybody needs to wake up. And she said, sure, Thanksgiving is going to suck without your family, but it's going to suck more if, it, if, it's, if you have dead people in your family because of COVID. Right. She was so brutally, it was so raw and real and powerful. And everybody that was watching uh, has reacted in such because It was just so like, this is what COVID is. This is what it can do. And the personal, uh, uh, you know, her humanity shines through every time she's on TV, but this was really good. So it's on YouTube if you haven't seen it. I have not. 
eight minutes opening. Really good. That's one of those moments like uh, Bill was talking about Walter Cronkite. Everybody remembers where, wh who was alive when Kennedy was. Everybody remembers Walter Cronkite. Everybody remembers Walter Cronkite finally breaking down and saying stuff about the Vietnam War after day after day of showing that footage. And he finally had it. You know, so it's cultural moments like that of current events that will be remembered. And everybody's going to remember her thing. Bill and, and I are too uh, young for that. I was going to say, and speaking of making you cry, my laptop's about to die. So I probably got to bail on you guys. <laughs> Uh, I don't well, hey, it was to the program, but <laughs> it was wonderful having you on, and uh, I hope yeah, I hope to uh, hear from you again. And uh, uh, good luck with Bill. Let's let's plug the website one more time. Billontheroad.com. Yeah, Billontheroad.com. Yeah, if you're uh, you like to travel, you're looking for good stories about travel. Got lots of them on there. Looking for road trip ideas. Got that, and you can get the uh, uh, books and all that good stuff there as well. And yeah, it was fun visiting with you guys, even though I didn't know 90% of what you were talking about. But don't take that personally. That's on me. That's all on me. Absolutely yeah. not. You, you're welcome anytime. All right, guys. <laughs> Have a good day. Thanks again. Yeah. See Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, same to you. Bye. Bye. All right, Lynn, one more thing. Yes. Um, since we met last, uh, two major streaming events have uh, been talked about. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be on theaters and on HBO Max on Christmas Day for no additional cost, by the way. It's not like this isn't going to be a Mulan thing where Disney made you pay extra money so you could watch it, even though Mulan is going to be for free on Disney Plus on December 1st. But uh, that it's going to be on HBO Max for free on Christmas Day, the same day Disney puts Soul on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. So what will you watch first? Will you watch Soul or Wonder Woman? Um, I am a Pixar fanatic, so I will watch Soul first. But I and will then watch, Wonder Woman. I will watch Wonder Woman. And then also Coming to America, Coming to, the second Coming to America is going to be on Amazon Prime in March. So as I told Lynn and Max and Dan yesterday, I guess I'll have to watch the first Coming to America before I watch the second. Because well, I never, never seen I never it? saw it. I've never seen it. Well, I watched it so long ago that I'm going to have to rewatch it because I'm not going to, I don't remember. I, I saw it when it came out. So, you know, that's many, many moons ago. Uh, Local news, Nellie is in the finals of Dancing with the Stars, and I think that starts on Monday. Yeah, I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but I watched, I, I had it on in the background the other night, and I don't know how he made it to the finals because all of the couples got perfect scores. So America voted him up because I think all of the, I think all of the judges gave the, the dancers and their partners perfect scores so it was america that voted him in not not necessarily i think the talent is all par with each other so it's all a popularity contest well he's been doing really good from the clips i have seen kevin johnson uh, our friend at stl today has kevin c johnson following him pretty good so if you want to catch up on nelly on dancing with the stars check out kevin and his blender column 
and uh, uh, Fox has announced that they're postponing the rest of their 2021 Broadway season, which was going to be Frozen and uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, The Temptations musical, etc. But they have announced that Hamilton will return spring of 2022. And they're also doing Dickens tours. They're doing Fox tours. They're doing tours of the theaters and they're doing a Christmas themed Dickens tour. And you can go to fabulousfox.com and find out more about that. Yes. And Laura Teeter and Larry Pry are doing them. And I talked to Laura the other day. I'm going to have this article up on my website. So check it out. I'll let you know next weekend. So Carl, uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm keeping my bubble nice and tight which is a good idea. So I hope you and Nicole and Maggie have a wonderful Thanksgiving. That's not true. Yes, and I hope you, what are you doing for Thanksgiving, Lynn? Actually, I am going to a socially distanced, masked porch, a porch Friendsgiving. Porch giving. With three other women and there's a big enough table where we all will get aside and nobody will have to be near each other because we're all we're all um, empty nesters mm-hmm. and uh, nobody's coming home for Thanksgiving so we decided we've done this most of us have been in quarantine for a while except maybe you know quick run to the store or something and then one of the women actually had COVID oh well that's awful she had it early early on so three so four people because the cdc recommends no more than five right max 10 so that's so i think we're going to be okay we're going to go out on it's one of those wraparound porches so we're going to try to gotcha yeah well lynn where can we find you you just mentioned your website where can we find that um poplifestl.com it is a work in progress I'm still uploading stuff and uh, I'm on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman at 1030 usually. And this week though, Wednesday because of Thanksgiving and then uh, I am in the Webster Kirkwood times online and in print. And you can find me on the intercom family of radio stations. This week I'm going to be on 97.1, KMOX, and Y98. And you can find me online at underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram. Well, thank you, Carl. And everyone have a blessed and happy and safe Thanksgiving. Bye, Bye everyone. See some movies.